Hey y'all and welcome back. Episode 62 on the Rabbit Hole Show. Um, this week got a good friend of mine who I've known since middle school, I believe. Um, and met her through one of my good friends, Tyler McNeil, who was a previous guest on here. Um, don't remember which episode he was, so y'all go look back. Um, but Christina, welcome. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. An honor. Um, so you have a very, you know, powerful story um, and one that has kind of followed you around for a while and that you've had to work through. And um, but I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a while. And when this this happened, your story and kind of the aftermath and just seeing how much you've grown has been awesome to watch. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've uh, been. Uh, it's funny how, if you look back on it, um, how our paths continue to cross, even like even when you were in Memphis and I was in Memphis too. Yeah. So um, I forgot about world. that until you, yeah, yeah because I was I gotten kicked out of the Oxford treatment center I was in, sent to the halfway house in Memphis, and I think was it was it Snapchat, and you were like, "What are you doing in Memphis?" <laughs> I or something. The, the Snapchat map. Yeah, and I see you, I'm like. You doing in Memphis, and, and it, again, it was like <laughs> North Memphis. And if you know anything about Memphis, you don't want to be in North Memphis. And so I was like, "You're in North Memphis," <laughs> and I was like, "I'm supposed to be here in Memphis, hiding out, okay, so that nobody from my past knows me." And here's Chad in Memphis, like, get out of my city. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to get out. I didn't want to be there, but. Um, but yeah, like you said, our paths have since middle school, I think, but have just reconnected over the years mm-hmm. in different circumstances. Yeah. And we're both here for a reason. Yeah. Um, and I know you're big at Elevation, um, helping with the youth. Um, and outreach. And outreach. And that's part of your story, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how you're able to help, especially girls. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to just kick it over to you and let you share your story and... Um, it's a powerful one. Sure. And again, um, just a trigger warning, um, just uh, for sensitive ears. Um, this is my story. Um, and this is um, how I handled my mental health. Um, this uh, does not, um, this is not how every survivor from Girls Do Porn, um, I'm not speaking on their behalf. I'm speaking solely on my own. So I um, want to, again, start out by saying that I am a sex trafficking survivor. Um, I was trafficked by Girls Do Porn, which was a uh, a amateur porn channel um, that was partnered with uh, Pornhub, which was owned by the parent company of MindGeek. Um, It was um, a, so the definition of sex trafficking is, um, would be under force, fraud, or coercion. And so um, it, sexual acts, um, under force, fraud or coercion. And, um, this was exactly just that. So I was frauded, um, into by a fraudulent modeling app. So I was, um, a, at the time I was modeling. Um, it was, uh, my after, right after college, so my senior year of college and my, uh, the year after college, um, right before I went to grad school, I was modeling. And um, I had answered a modeling call and for what at the time seemed like a very reputable company. Um, I 
was, uh, uh, it had references, it had a website, um, it had, uh, they were offering to fly us out, um, uh, luxury hotels, um, but they used all the tactics that um, would entice a young Because I mean, when we girl. talked, you even checked the references and yeah, it was very credible. Yep. I called the references. Sam so you H. did your homework. I, mean. I did. Um, and it was very, it was naive of me because I was at a time in my life where I was considered an adult. Um, so I was 22 years old, um, which was actually, um, you know, on the older age of some of the victims. So, um, that does have, uh, play a big part in my mental health journey, um, as well, because, um, I was um, consistently told that I should have known better, um, when in reality, um, and I say this over and over again is bad guys are good at being bad. They were good at, um, manipulating and very good at, uh, knowing how to groom not only the 17 year olds, not only the 18 year olds, but also the 22 year olds that they wanted as well. So, um, with that being said, uh, they, they, they did, um, they used the tactics of, um, urgency, uh, with me. It's, uh, we need you out here like right away. We had somebody cancel. Um, and they did tell me that it was going to be, that there were going to be other models there. Um, they told me that it was going to be a commercial. Um, and, uh, they, they use different lines for everybody. Um, but told me it was going to be a commercial. Um, they told me that I didn't even have to worry about packing anything that they were going to have, um, that, uh, they would have a closet of clothes that I have for me. Um, is that normal for models? Um, not exactly. Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't like a big red flag. It was like, no, exactly. It was like, they were trying to, to just sell me. They're like, Oh, we've got all these like sample clothes that you can have. Like basically, um, in reality, they didn't. Um, they were like, we have a, a makeup artist. We have a hairstylist. Uh, that's so if you would see on hair. normal set. Exactly. Um, so they were basically telling me that uh, I didn't I didn't even need to prepare or pack anything. Just come in your you know, sweats just, and we got the rest, basically. Exactly. And um, so, uh, like, I they the reason for doing that is that they didn't want to give you an opportunity to A, find out who they really were, or B, give you an opportunity to change your mind. Yeah. Um, so they immediately, you know, book tickets, book hotels and, um, their flight tickets. Um, and in my case, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they flew me out to San Diego, um, in the matter of 36 hours. That's a quick turnaround. And, um, but at the time I was excited because I was like, this is like the, they used all the right tactics. They wanted me as a young 22 year old girl who at the time I had just was going through a breakup. So I was already at a very low emotional state. And that's another important aspect that they used to groom and to entice girls that they knew what girls were, had low self-esteem and vulnerable and easy to get them to come and into quote modeling. Exactly. And that they were going to be able to manipulate more. Correct. Um, because um, obviously I have a people pleaser mentality. And so I was going to want to, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know, and they could tell that over the phone by talking to me. Um, anyway, so I get out there. Um, 
I obviously, I considered myself to be an adult. Um, so I, uh, I, I thought I was independent and I didn't tell my parents or anything like that because I was like, I'll be back right away. You know, it was like, it'll be a quick turnaround. Yeah. I'll be tell them the experience I had and Hey, here's what I've done. Exactly. And just be excited. And, um, uh, you know, obviously my parents wanted me to have a real job, not just model. So, uh, you know, they, I don't (laughs) know if they would have approved anyway, but like, so they, uh, so I, I get out there and immediately it, it was just, something was not right. Yeah, so like you get off the airplane, get, well, I guess maybe a little luggage if you had, did they have a driver kind of, or how was. So a, a driver was supposed to come pick me up. The driver ended up being one of it was the same guy that had been emailing me back and forth who also claimed to be um, the model um, and who is now um, sentenced to prison for 20 years. Um, and so he, um, you know, like, and it was just the things that, the rush of it like the just the mood completely changed from me being pampered to me being like you have no say be quiet sit there like and i'm on the other side of the country like complete other side of the country i've never been to the west coast before um and i was 22 years old and um just scared i was about to say scared yeah yeah so you just and I was like, okay, uh, well, what am I going to do? So um, I just, you know, never in that moment, I didn't think that I was being too, trafficked be, or, or, or even doing pornography. Yeah. You thought it was a legit modeling call exactly. shoot type of commercial exactly. thing. And so I get there, they check me into the hotel, the hotel that um, ended up being the same hotel, but it was still sketchy. Um, I was the only person on the floor that I was staying on, which was a little sketchy to me. Um, and uh, they paid with uh, prepaid credit cards. Um, and uh, I was um, just kind of thrown off by it. Um, they were using fake names, which I noticed um, through uh, the, the car Bluetooth. Um, mm. So I was like starting to get a little nervous, but I was like, no, Christina, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. Were you thinking about Liam Neeson? In the Taken movies? Uh, unfortunately, that is nothing like what sex trafficking actually really is. Most of the time, what sex trafficking is, is uh, um, most of the time you see it just it starts off as relationships like mm-hmm. and dating relationships. Um, in this case, it was not that. But um, no, I there was moments where I was like, I am in San Diego. I am uh, just a few miles away from the border um, of Mexico. And yep. I am right here on the water. For all I and know, no one knows you're out there. And no one Again. knows I'm out there. Mm-hmm. For all, like anybody knows, um, I'm never going to be back on the East Coast. Did they take your phone or anything? Um, um, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, I, um, I I get out there. Um, things were a little off. I go with the flow because obviously tensions were high, um, and um, you know, just when I uh, get. When we get checked into the hotel, then he starts getting more uh, sexual um, and then offers me the opportunity to do porn. And I was like, I don't know. And then he's like, well, actually, you don't have an option. And I was like, he's like, if you or you're going to have to pay us back, um, you flew us out. We are. I already checked you into the hotel. You know, we already paid for the hotel. Like, you don't have an option. You, this is what we we already we don't we don't need you for anything else. We just need you for 
pornography. And I was just like, um, and you just kind of sit there and you're just like, you're cornered in a hotel room. Like I was in the room at this point in time. And he's a man that's obviously much bigger than me. I weigh 110 pounds. And um, he starts uh, si- like size, like, like looking at me and just pinpointing and picking out every single flaw of me um, to lower my self-esteem. And they do that on purpose um, and then start saying, saying that he needs to send pictures to, of me naked to the boss so that um, because to see like what needs to be um, edited or something is what he said. He, they use all sorts of excuses and um, gets a text message back or whatever and says that um, uh, that the price that I that they originally said that I was coming out there for, that they're going to have to lower it by like. X amount of money because, um, I didn't tell them that, um, or that I must've Photoshopped, um, photos beforehand because they weren't expecting me to, uh, be this overweight. I weigh 110 pounds. Yeah. And you're attractive in shape. Yeah. I'm like, I weigh 110 pounds. Um, I was not overweight by any means. Exactly. But they were saying, you know, like, Oh, just to to lower your self-esteem. Exactly. Um, with, um, in other situations, um, you know, they would, I remember exactly what they said to me. Um, they asked me if I'd ever had a child because, um, I had lower belly fat is what exactly what they said. Asked me if I had ever carried a child before, because I looked like I had just had a kid and just the uh, mental game they're playing mental with game. you. Yep. And then he touched my rib cage and, um, like asked me if I'd ever broken my rib cage because, my ribs stand out more than usual. And I um, still to this day, you know, just have this like mental trauma About of your, that. Yeah. Um, and I've struggled with eating disorders of like, oh, if my ribs cage is like showing too much, I need to put on more weight. Or then if it's like, but then I get self-conscious because I've, I'm, have lower belly fat. And then I, so it's just this They cycle. got you in both sides of the, spectrum exactly so it's a cycle and so obviously suffered with eating disorders um which is you know hard mental health issue um within that and um then anyway so he leaves the room um and then i start noticing that that uh they've taken things out of the room like they've even taken the remote control out of the room which was really weird um like what was i supposed to do like hit him upside the head with a remote control i don't (laughs) know but um so um I uh, was like basically locked in this hotel room um, and he's like, uh, we'll keep you posted. Um, and just, he just leaves and just leaves. And um, I'm like, okay. And I don't know whether or not like what's going to what, happen, what's going to, what's happening, what's going on or anything like that. Um, he said, we'll be back. Um, and I was like, who's we? And anyway, so a lot of my memory, um, you know, obviously has been suppressed. Um, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I don't talk about a lot of it, um, just to keep things, uh, appropriate. Um, but I, um, uh, I ultimately, um, when they did return, um, I didn't have, um, they didn't give me a, a choice. Um, and I was, um, raped on and off for a total of 12 hours. Mm. Um, I remember, um, them, uh, just, and it was brutally raped. Um, and if I wasn't filming a scene correctly, they would make me refilm it over and over and over again. What they had originally promised would be, you know, uh, 
12 minutes of filming it ended up being 12 hours. Um, what they, but they were very deceptive in what they did. Um, obviously they, uh, were not nice about anything. I imagine um, not. And, uh, in many situations, um, you know, they were just demeaning, um, and, uh, they just continued to hurt you emotionally while they were hurting you physically, mm -hmm. which is the worst pain because I'll be honest to this day, the only pain that I remember from that actual moment was the emotional pain. Cause, and I would agree from all my traumatic physical and mental, um, mm -hmm scars you know the mental is the one that sticks with you the longest and yeah. is the hardest hurdle to gain that freedom yep um and uh you know i i the pain goes away the pain the physical pain is temporary um but those mental scars like you said they were you know they were especially for me and i'm sure for you as well they were constantly reopened and they still are constantly reopened over and over again you know i'm grateful to God, um, for getting me through it and everything, um, to this day, um, and even continued on to my testimony. Um, I'm grateful to God for, um, I would not be here to this day if it wasn't for him. Yeah. You have purpose. And so thank you. Um, and so I, uh, go through life. I'm just constantly giving him credit and giving him, um, all the glory because, um, that's important. When I, um, when all, everything was said and done, um, and they finally packed up all of their lighting and all of their cameras and all of everything, um, that they had, because I mean, they had le legit everything. So was that just in your hotel room, the lighting, all that just for the whole time you were there? Yep. And so to this day, I mean, even hotel rooms give me triggers. Um, I would imagine. Um, I would actually, to this day, rather stay at a, like. Motel 8. Motel 8, <laughs> then stay at a five-star hotel. Because just the traumatic memories from yeah. that experience. and Exactly. In fact, you know, I've seen less sketchy stuff happen at a Motel 8 than I saw at a five-star hotel in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just things like that. And again, pardon me for laughing, but you just have to in yeah. situations is you have to look for the <laughs> the light um, in things and... Um, so anyway, I remember after, um, they left, um, I didn't want, I was, I was like, I, I was like, okay, God, like, just help me go to sleep. Help me go to sleep. Help me go to sleep. Like just, I was exhausted, but I was also in like panic mode. Like I was like, what just happened? Like, I can't believe they threatened that if you didn't do it, that they were going to post whatever they were going to post online. Um, which, uh, is, is a big part of why it was considered sex trafficking. I should have added this in, um, is because they frauded us into telling us that it was not ever going to be online, um, that it was going to be for a private collection is what they, they said. And so, and first they told you it was a modeling for a commercial correct. to get you out there. But in at the end of the day, and then they, um, I was drugged, um, I never accepted drugs from them, but uh, I definitely was was they drugged. They put it in your food or I believe drink it was through water. Um, yeah. I shared a water bottle with them at one point, um, and I. Um, but uh, so yeah, so um, 
that's how it was considered sex trafficking or deemed sex trafficking mm-hmm. by the court system is um, because it was, uh, they've, they frauded us in that regard. Um, they also coerced us in other ways, but it, ultimately it was because of the fraud of them promising us that it was never going to be online when their whole business model was to post it online. And they had been around for a while because you were one of thousands, right? Uh, several hundred. Several hundred. Mm-hmm. Several hundred. Victims. Um, uh, and uh, we, um, anyway, so yeah, they were probably on average bringing in a girl every two weeks, every 10 days um, is for uh, upwards of um, almost a decade. Mm. So um, a long time, very way long too time. long. With just this business model, um, they had done the same kind of fraudulent activity um, in another country as well, from what I've, I believe is correct. Um, so with that being said, um, I think that it's over and uh, they leave. And then the model, male model is what they referred to him as. Um, obviously, who checked me into the hotel has a key to my hotel room and comes back in and... Um, uh, rapes me again um, and tells me not to tell anybody else about it mm. um, or or else. Um, yeah. And so, again, he is in jail um, for 20 years right now, um, and he's one of the few that have been sentenced. Um, so, again, very traumatic, um, triggering event of staying in a hotel, um, not having, especially with physical key or, you know, Electric and, and, and keys. And even a TV remote, you couldn't turn on a TV just to yeah. pass time. It was literally with your thoughts. Yeah. And so um, with that, um, I lay there in bed and I'm just like, God, like, like, just, I don't know. And the, I look back on it and you mentioned, did I have my phone in the moment? I didn't think to reach for my phone. I didn't think to reach, call my parents. I didn't, in the moment, I immediately like fell not physically fell because i was already at lowest point that i could ever be physically mm-hmm. um but i immediately spiritually fell to like jesus's feet and just like surrendered it all to him and i was like god like just help me get out of here help me get out of here did um, you have a tight relationship with god prior to this or what was that like just real quick uh my relationship with god was just just that. I grew up Catholic. Um, and, uh, so it was more of a religion to me. Um, it was just go to church, go through the motions. And it was never like actually speaking to God and, you know, playing with him mm-hmm. like in the moment and just surrendering and just having a relationship. Um, but that solidified a relationship with God because I can, um, remember him speaking to me in that moment and saying it was all going to be okay. And I um, can also remember him, the Holy Spirit, actually, while they were um, interviewing me and saying things, like having me do this uh, this interview to make it look like a casting call style mm-hmm. pornography video. Um, uh, the things that the Holy Spirit told me to say that or to ask my traffickers like in the moment that were so bizarre that I would have never said under a, even just moment of panic or even just sober, like, or especially not on drugs. Like, like the way that, um, I had been drugged in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
just things like that. But all those things have come to fruition on why he asked or why the Holy Spirit prompted me to say or ask those things. Um, and I have even more glory to give to God because of that. Like it was only God. that would Your relationship with him now is it's huge from what I mean, because we met what four months ago, maybe at Panera Bread. Yeah. And we had talked, but hadn't really physically been in the same room mm-hmm. or um, for years. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah, we didn't even hang out in Memphis, but we. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Again, I mean, that was my safe place. I don't know why you were there. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> I got kicked out not too long after. So, um, but yeah, I mean, your relationship now is very solid, you know, yeah, from. I, um, I don't know how not to give him credit. Um, I'll be honest. Um, in fact, um, I actually had this talk earlier today in um, my small group. I was like, um, that. Sometimes I, I question, I'm like, did I do that or did God do that? Like, because I don't give myself enough credit in a lot of things, but I'd rather give God the credit than take credit myself for self-satisfaction. So I give him all the credit all the time and thank him consistently every day, every second, every minute um, that I have the opportunity to. I'm so grateful for everything that he's done. Because um, he's with us even when we feel like we're alone. Because exactly. that's part of, you know. We all have a story. We all have struggles. And the good news is we're not alone. And, you know, we all have a story and someone else is struggling with our part of our story mm-hmm. and can relate. But also, if no one can, we're not alone as we have God with us as well. Exactly. And I mean, God is in us. God works through us. And uh, that's exactly what I know God wants me to do is he did not bring me through that situation. He is not in the situation with me if he does not want to bring other people through it too and bring other people and through my story to also see this light. Um, and I'm grateful and I'm that he chose me to do this. Um, and he can is consistently just calling me to do this. Even when I'm weak, like I texted you earlier this morning, I was like, Hey, just want to let you know, got massive i woke up with like massive anxiety today when you said that i was like i understand i know what she's going through whereas if someone who's never been through that would have been like just get over it yeah just but you can't just go get a walk o- <laughs> correct <laughs> like, so when you said that i was like i'm gonna start praying for her and I if it's meant it. to be tonight it'll we'll record if not we'll do it another night and and you've been so patient with me through this whole thing um, but we had to, I reached out what a year something when you or, first started the podcast yeah. is like even before you had even like filmed your first episode you're like hey I'm going to do a podcast you want to be on it and I was like at the time I couldn't legally do it legally yeah yep. and um, then um, so yeah it must have been over a year and a half ago because About, yeah. um, that so we was... started October 12th mm-hmm. of 2021 was our first episode kind of or i guess introduction whatever i haven't even listened to the old ones so <laughs> you've got to yeah no but it um uh yeah so anyway um so what God's happened just been so good so with so with like, that so I, you're in the room I, and i i basically there was this overwhelming sense of peace in this chaotic environment i mean this was just a crime scene, a legit crime scene. And I was sleeping in a crime scene. I always refer to it um, as feeling like how um, Daniel would have felt in a lion's den. Mm-hmm. And the amount of peace that God gave me to fall asleep that night. Yeah, there's um, no way 
you would be able to fall asleep after everything that happened if it hadn't been for God. Exactly. Just because of the mental, the physical pain, yeah. torture, the like not knowing if they were going to come back or like not you knowing said, if I was going to even leave like this because you were not far from the border. Yeah. You just, a lot of unknown variables. And to this day, um, I mean, I still struggle with mild anxiety and I can't sleep with that. And so in that high level, like that high, just like status of anxiety, that high place of anxiety, I was able to fall asleep like with this felt just like God's arms just wrapped just comfort. right around me um, in this chaos of like of a crime scene. Yeah. Um, and, um, only God, only God in that moment. And so I am, uh, I fall asleep. Um, and I just, I just remember, I remember falling asleep saying the, our fathers just like consistently just repeating our fathers. Cause I did not even know, have the words to pray. It was just like help. Like, and so I crying out to him. Yeah. Like I did not, I did not have the strength. I did not have the energy. I was in mental, emotional, physical pain. Um, and I was obviously fearing for my life and all I said was just con- over and over and over again. Again, I was raised Catholic. So, you know, repeating prayers is kind of customary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, just consistently was just saying our fathers because I didn't have the words to pray, but I knew God was going to, to be there with me. I knew Jesus was going to wrap me in his arms and I knew the Holy Spirit was going to be able to speak to me and just comfort me. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I um, was uh, uh, fast forward um, uh, several days later, I was able to leave um, one day that there was just uh, the door was kind of just open for me to leave, not physically open, but just like, you know, and um, mm-hmm. the guys the, as crappy as it sounds, as he just sent me a text message and said, you can leave. Like we're done with you. Yeah. Kinda. And that in itself was a very crappy feeling. Yeah. After um, what you had been put through and then it's like you can we're leave. done with you. Like And I'll be honest, in that moment I didn't even feel like they were being truthful. Like I was like, Because they were a just trap? so psychologically good at what they had done and mm-hmm. grooming and just belittling you and Again, bad guys are good at being bad guys. And so I was like, Is this another trap? Is this I hadn't again, been able to back, trust You said before. no one was on your hall. Too. Nobody was on the, no my whole floor. Or floor, yeah. that's what I meant. And yeah. I was in a tall high rise um, in San Diego, so um, even to this day, when somebody mentions like the word San Diego, or they're going to a vacation in San Diego, or they're from San Diego, or oh, like they get excited. Oh, I love San Diego, and I'm just like immediately, I'm like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Um, San Diego has one of the highest uh, sex trafficking. Um, rates uh did you know that and our human trafficking rates and everybody's it's been like in charlotte too i've it is um major airports um you typically find them in um, areas of major airports um it's like going to what should be a fun event panthers game i would assume soccer concert that's when a lot of people uh, girls are and that's a it's so it, it's it is said that a lot of times that those um they and obviously there's different um, maneuvers and forms of trafficking. Um, but, um, for, as far as pornography goes, this was one of the very first cases, um, that the FBI had to, uh, to juggle. In fact, um, our, uh, federal judge, when she was listening to our statements, um, she even mentioned that she has never had a case like this and she has been a judge for a very long time mm. in San Diego. Um, 
And so um, she, uh, you know, uh, has been a very, uh, you know, fair judge in that. Um, we still have several trials coming up, um, but, uh, but no, I mean, it, it shows when, uh, when the FBI and the, your, your government um, and your federal court systems and like, they, they are like shell shocked. They're like, we've never had this before. We, we don't know how to handle the situation. Um, you know, it's bad when that happens. You also know it's bad when one of your traffickers ends up on the top 10 most wanted. Um, uh, in uh, December, he was actually caught in Spain. Um, so December of 2022, he was caught in Spain and, uh, God's hand was in on that one too, because, um, I was, um, on my way to, uh, my church's, uh, Christmas, uh, show. Um, and the show's name was, uh, uh, God's promises. And God promised me at the end of year seven that like it was going to come to an end. end, And I had, you know, we always think that, um, that, you know, when I think come to an end, I was like, okay, that everyone's going to be sentenced by then. I'm going to be able to move on, live my life. Well, that's not exactly what God meant, but <laughs> he, I was like, okay, but in the, retrospectively, you can look back and be like, okay, God, I see you now. All he right. fulfilled his promise. Yeah. And he's still continuing he's to. He's continuing to. Yep. And he's, and like, that's just what I love about him. It's like, we just can, I mean, there's so many things I love about Jesus, but <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just one of those things that I have just consistently seen God's hand in. Um, but I'll continue. So after I left, I went back to Charlotte, North Carolina. I flew back to Charlotte, North did Carolina. You, did you have to buy a plane ticket or had they? Uh, they like, had supplied it, but they had threatened that if I didn't do the video, that they were going to, to cancel my tickets and stuff. And then with the drugs and different stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so it's all fear tactics. Did they drive tactics. you or do you have to get an Uber? I back? had to get my own... Um, transportation which i'm sure you were very happy about being away honestly i was even nervous that i was hopping into an uber that was a fake uber part just because of everything that had just transpired Mm -hmm. or that they were going to follow me in fact i even told the uber driver to drive around for several blocks like i swear probably 40 minutes to see if someone was to see if someone was following me and i paid extra for a black card just to make sure that it was going to be somebody with you know, a little license thing at the very front, you know? Yeah. Like, and so, um, just the, again, paranoia. So another mental health, you know, you know, area that, uh, that did transpire from this event, um, which, uh, I guess throughout the whole thing, you'd obviously say I've been diagnosed with, um, severe anxiety, severe depression, um, severe PTSD, um, complex PTSD, which is referred to as CPTSD, which we'll get into in a second. And then, um, just, you know, uh, very, very high, just panic attacks and, um, uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors, um, and, um, just paranoia, um, in a lot of sense. Rightfully so. I mean, Um, with what you went through. Because, uh, then afterwards I get home and the Holy Spirit, so I was still living in Charlotte. My lease was going to be up in a month and a half, two months. And I was still living in Charlotte and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this is again, before I had really even had a real relationship with Christ, um, but I had a, a relationship. I just didn't have a firm foundation yet. Yep. Um, spoke to me and told me I needed to move and spoke to me 
through what the enemy was trying to use against me, which was paranoia. Um, and through, like, so in my head, I kept on saying, they're going to come after me. They're going to come after me. They have my license. They have pictures, like, they have, you know, my address. They know where I live. They're going to come after me because um, I, they, because they were, they were trying to get me to come back and shoot more videos. Um, and uh, they were saying that if I, shot more videos that that they wouldn't put the other ones online um they were threatening to still put it online just using different tactics mm-hmm. to try and when ultimately they, their whole goal and their whole get business more model videos or shots for exactly benefits exactly their benefit their gains and so um i was you know i was like okay well i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here um i didn't tell anybody um i called one friend um and I didn't tell him what was going on, but I just told him in a very panicked state. And he answered the phone and was like, I don't need to know, but I'll stay there. And I, um, and I stayed there and, uh, or he stayed there and, um, was, um, <laughs> uh, I was just very paranoid. I thought they were following me. I swore they were following me. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Um, a week later, I started applying for jobs anywhere, literally anywhere. And I was thinking big cities, big cities. I got to move to a big city. No one will like, like be able to find me in a big city. Mm-hmm. And this was a mentality that like I was just a paranoia, paranoid mentality. At that point, I didn't know like that they were going to post it online. Um, but the Holy Spirit had spoke to me and said that they were going to come find me. They were going to look for me or that I needed to get out of there is what the Holy Spirit spoke mm-hmm. to me and you were living in Charlotte at the time. So, you know how quick it spread like wildfire. I remember and- when I had heard where I was and I was like, that's not, that can't be. And, yeah. and I knew it was, I knew there was some other circumstance that had to have happened, but yeah, I remember it spread like wildfire. It spread like wildfire. And, and, and I'm very grateful that God opened a door in another city where I had never, and, Dallas, Texas, um, big city. I had never like lived in, um, didn't know a single soul there, but had opened a door there immediately and, um, made a way for me to get out of Charlotte. Um, cause you needed that. And I needed that. Cause if I had been in Charlotte in that time when it was spreading like wildfire, um, there's no telling like what would have happened. I would have, as far as like my mental health. Um, so the, the, a trafficker's mentality was to isolate us completely from our friends, our family, our jobs, uh, our schools, get us kicked out of schools, get us like fired from our jobs so that we would be so low that we would maybe consider going back and filming with, again with them because we would have no source of income. We would have no um, morals at that point. We would have no they already broke us down mentally, um, you know, and they had were trying to basically, you know, make us feel like the bottom of the earth. kind of. Yeah. And that that was all that was going to be for us. Um, and unfortunately, um, not only uh, I mean, I still have moments where I think to myself, I'm like, only God could have gotten me out of that situation. Um, and I'm very grateful that I I didn't return because there were low moments where I even thought I was like, maybe this is all I'm going to be ever be. 
Um, but God said, no, you're, you're more than that. You're my daughter and you're a child of God and that, um, you're a sister and, um, you are a friend and you're going to use this story for and good. And you're loved. And, and I'm loved and, um, and I don't need to find purpose in that, that there, he was going to open other doors. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but so I continue, um, this harassment happens through phones, through emails, um, mainly, uh, you know, through, at that point, it was still the circle of friends within our community, which, you know, was a very large community. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to school here. I went to college here. Um, I have a large family. Um, so not only was I being harassed, but my family was being harassed too, which led to my family kind of backing away from me as well. Um, and which, you know, led to other low points of my life. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, remember just one time my dad saying, you know, before this had all happened, it was just, you know, you know, make me proud. And I just was like, I let him down. Like I've completely let him down. And I've been and, like, there I'm too. I'm like, not with... going to ever come back from this. Yep. That's um, hard. But, I also think of our heavenly father and how many times we've let him down and how much he still loves us. Um, that is an unconditional amount of love. And, um, that is the love, the same love that God has given me is the same love that I want to give back into the world. So, um, I am, uh, if you know, the, what would Jesus do bracelets? Like the response is, you <laughs> know, elementary school, baby. Yeah. Nineties <laughs> kid. Um, you know, he would love first is what would Jesus do? He would love first. He would, regardless if somebody hurt you, you know, he would love first. He would be there for you. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, there are boundaries that you set, um, to protect yourself, but God also protects you too. Those boundaries mm-hmm. will protect you. But if you seek God and you put your foundation in God, God will protect you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to, especially if you're helping and serving others, God came to, or God sent his son, Jesus to this earth, not to be served, but to, to serve. S- yep. And so with that, you know, all of the pain and suffering that Jesus had, like actually, uh, like had to carry physically and emotionally and mentally that, um, you know, I don't, you know, I think to myself, I'm like, if Jesus is in me and Jesus did it, I can do, I can, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm whatever you know he has for me i'm i'm up for it um and again you're not alone and i'm not Even alone when you feel alone and are physically alone he's right there with you exactly and he's proved that to me time and time and time again but i'll also say the enemy is you know a little sneaky too and oh, yeah. he he's- will sneak in there um the same way that um you know, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. I mean, he will tempt you too, and he will use scripture as like to do it too, just and like he did. Reverse some words mm-hmm. and put a bow on it and make it look real enticing. And yeah, he did it to Eve um, in the garden. You know, like, oh, surely you will not die. Um, it's like, oh, God just doesn't want you to do this because he knows, you know, this. And it's like, so there are, are times where you just have to stay rooted and read the scripture for yourself. So that you can fight back scripture the same way that Jesus with scripture, you can fight mm. back that mm-hmm. the enemy. Cause when you read scripture, the enemy flees. And so that is, was like, has been like such a, uh, a, a weapon in my healing story too, is 
just repeating scripture and repeating scripture and having a good friend based that wasn't going to lead me back down that path or ever shame me for my past, which took me up until 2020 to find. For listeners, when did all this take place? I know you said it was when you were 22 out of college. So it, uh, 2014, um, 2014. So and, nine, 10 years ago, rough. Uh, so it'd be eight years. Eight uh, years. Like, so, uh, well, no, wait, hold on. Let me do the math. Right. Uh, 20. 2015, beginning 2015, of 2015. Okay. So eight beginning years of 2015. Ago. Um, and so, um, you know, it's just these moments that um, just, you know, where I just have to look back and think um, and thank God because um, uh, it was, again, I stayed in shame. I lived in sin. Um, I started, um, I started living in the names and the identities that the world was saying about me. Um, so where, uh, you know, I never went back into the industry, um, but I, I lived a promiscuous life. Um, you know, I wasn't living a holy life or a Christian life. Um, Mm -hmm. I would go to church every once in a while if I wasn't hungover, but that's how I was. And it was more of the check it off the list uh, or to forgive me for what I did this week and Mm -hmm. be back next week or Maybe yeah. if I can, you yeah. know, like, or if I'm not brunching or something, you know, I <laughs> made it a, an option. Um, Correct. When uh, now I, I don't, it's not an option. It's everything else is. I an mean, option. if I text you, I feel like you're at the church now or you're doing something involved with the church, like your, yeah, your lifestyle, just like my lifestyle is very different from completely. where it had been. I mean, in, and it's Lord a weapon. Ahead. That's yeah. a weapon within itself. I mean, um, you know, putting on that armor of God every single morning, um, really does protect me. Um, one thing that, uh, again, I mentioned complex PTSD. So the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD is complex PTSD is re this re- triggering response over and over and over again, being re-triggered over and over again. So the actual traumatic event being the, the actual weekend that I was in, or, or several days that I was in, uh, San Diego and the reoccurring would be the harassment. The mm. harassment was absolutely horrendous. It's still to this I was day. I say you're still getting harassment. I, Text I, calls kind of messages, yeah. emails. Um, I get probably about 80 harassing emails, um, a week. Um, and that's, that's on average. So sometimes it's higher. Um, several, uh, you know, not just me, but my friends, my family, if I ever tag a friend in a, Instagram photo, like just things that are unnecessary. And I am very grateful that my friends, um, are also armored by God too. Um, cause that's important. Cause to you me. need that community. Like you can have great community. You can have bad community, bad community can pull you down and yeah. get you to do whatever, you know, you don't need to be doing, which I've been done in the past. Or make that, you feel like you're burdened. Correct. Yep. And then you have that great community who will call you out on your BS, hold you accountable, mm-hmm. and then also walk with you and help you mm-hmm. grow and build you up and vice versa. Yeah. I have a bad habit of constantly saying sorry to my friends. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm bothering you. And, you know, um, I have one really good friend and she's constantly saying, stop apologizing. You're not <laughs> bothering me. And, uh, you know, obviously somebody's made you feel this way. And I'm just like, Maybe somebody has, but I just, I, I feel like I'm a burden and I'll always be a burden to my friends. Which is not true, but that's part of the PTSD mm-hmm. and just 
the trauma from the past and yeah so what the what my traffickers did um is i mentioned that they had all of my information um they started a website uh called uh wiki porn leaks or wiki leaks porn or something um where they took all of our information i mean all of it down to our addresses down to our phone numbers email addresses places mm. of of employment colleges um Photos from high school yearbooks, um, photos from uh, tagged, uh, even added fr- my, my family's addresses, uh, my brother's uh, college address at ECU, um, uh, added um, their contact information, added my parents' like place of work and employment, um, and just like, uh, and trolls to harass us. They posted, um, my copies of my passport and my, Mm. um, my license without the addresses blurred out or anything like that. Um, so free for anyone to go see anybody and, um, all information about us, about me, um, just to harass us more, um, all different, like all of our social media pages. Um, and, uh, you know, it became a game for uh, several of these trolls. Um, which, which in itself is their own mental health journey as well. Cause everyone's got a story and struggles and mm-hmm. that's their story. And exactly. And so, um, these days, uh, you know, because I'm armored, you know, with you know, the strength of God and, you know, it, um, it, it doesn't, I'm not fearful of the, of how it used to cause me. Mm-hmm. It, um, there are times where I still have random anxiety and PTSD and, um, you know, panic attacks. I have very serious panic attacks. Um, and they always look different. There's never one panic attack that ever looks the same. Um, so if you're looking for an exact definition of what a panic attack is, it comes in different, you know, waves. Sometimes I could just be sitting there and I look completely normal. And in the inside, I am literally screaming um and stone cold um we were talking about it prior like i was taking my shirt off and different stuff when i was having one and uh i i i I don't do that um (laughs) (laughs) i don't do that um i i more go so go into shock um but again god is with me in all those times um even when I try to run from him in those times, God is still with me and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful and for his mercies and grace. Um, so uh, with that, you know, it's just, it's been a, a healing struggle. Um, I've gone to therapy. I've gone to counselors. Um, I've gone to psychiatrists. I've gone to psychologists. I've gone to um, group therapy. I've gone to uh, sexual uh, assault therapy, um, I've done, and I can 100% tell you this. Um, I have made more therapists cry in therapy than I've even cried in therapy. And wow. I sit there and I'm like, do you need a tissue? <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like you should be paying me. Like, I don't know if getting you You want to come to grad school for counseling with me? <laughs> we, can, we can open a practice. Um, yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, what not to do? Um, <laughs> So I sat there and um, was like, okay. And so a lot of money was spent on therapy and it um, was like, okay, the best 
and therapy is great. Like I, I still have a therapist. Um, I still go to counseling. Um, I have a psychiatrist. Um, but, uh, nothing has worked as good as, um, Jesus Christ. Um, in your community, church community and fellowship mm-hmm. and just being around other people that are in the body. Exactly. And, um, you know, other people who, uh, I will say that, um, there's nobody who will ever understand the, the pain and suffering that we've gone through because, um, there are no words. Some like I could spend hours on this podcast, but there will not be enough words for me to even, even start to describe the pain and suffering that we felt. So me and the several hundred girls that this happened to are the only ones who will ever understand fully. Um, and, uh, the, the constant betrayal, uh, the constant, um, I can tell you several times, um, I've had, uh, boyfriends. I even had one boyfriend who knew about the video and actually stalked me out. I dated him for six months before even knowing that he had a porn addiction. Um, and finding out that not only did he have a porn addiction, but he had another girlfriend in a completely different state. Um, and so I had, you know, a situation like that. I had a situation where I had a boyfriend whose friends harassed me consistently and, um, uh, he allowed it because he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. It was like my girlfriend or my friends. And I had another boyfriend whose parents completely didn't approve. And so he broke up with me because his parents said, you're never marrying her. So why are you dating her? And those situations, just those three in itself are just are, lower your self-esteem. Exactly. And make it like hard to, to date, um, and trust people or to trust people to even trust like that. This isn't ever going to just, they, they can't see past my past that they only, and everyone's got a past. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Every past looks different. But everyone's got a past. And so one thing that I um, I say, um, because you have a past um, and uh, gone through like the whole rehabilitation stage, but I tell um, especially young girls this quite often, is that you can go to jail for committing a crime and get out, get yourself back together and the world will praise you for it. You can go have an addiction, go to rehab, get out, get yourself back together, and the world will praise you for it. Mm-hmm. But if you have a sexual or promiscuous past, and you can, you can be a mother of three kids, live in a suburban household, you know, have this nice Pinterest-worthy house and everything, but you will always and have be, that And be on leather. the women's, you know, Tennis at team. church yeah. or, yeah, just whatever. And But I... And you will always have that scarlet letter on your chest um, from when you were sophomore in high school. I agree with that. You know, I've never really thought about that in depth, but hearing that out loud, I would have, you know. You know, I always Because you've overcome an addiction like me. Or just a season of your life. Yeah, but then people always remember, oh, well, she was putting out or whatever. Promiscuous, yeah. and Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And so, like, I always say this, that's especially not who to you adults. Are. Exactly. That's your past. Exactly. And so, like, I say this to adults, and I can, I'll say this now. It's like, if, you, if I asked you, like, who the promiscuous girl in your high school was, don't say it out loud. She might be listening. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, who the promiscuous girl in your high school was, you immediately think of somebody. And we yeah. went to high school 
15 years ago. So I had two names pop in my head. And yeah. I'm not saying them. And but they're yeah. probably married and have kids now. And amazing. And we're not. Amazing. And, <laughs> and we're sitting here. Yep. We still put that label on them. Yep. But that's not who they are. But like you said, a name. Yeah. And so, um, but if you think of like, oh, who went to jail in school? You're like, I can't think of anybody who went to jail from school. Like when there are plenty of people who probably did or who like had an, like who smoked pot in school. It was like, oh, everybody did, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can't pinpoint one specific person. But if you ask about who the promiscuous one is. So the enemy, just like that's sexual immorality, like really just sticks and clings to you. Um, And the enemy wants you to consistently like stay to that sin and just cling to it and not give it to God. Correct. And so, um, so once you turn it over, you're it's free from you. You're he can't hold you in fear anymore. Correct. So the enemy and my traffickers use the same tactic um, on me. They shamed me. They feared me into staying in shame. Um, they I was so ashamed that the video would go online that I state that I, I let, allowed it to happen. Um, and I didn't say anything. Um, and, uh, that, uh, in life, like the enemy wanted me to stay silent about this. Um, and kept me locked in shame. In your to own be like, shackles. They'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm never going to be able to walk step foot mm-hmm. inside of the church again. So, um, I'm just going to watch online. And, um, I'm very grateful for my church and how they, how they, um, have a huge mission for, uh, human trafficking and how God even used that to get me to, to speak. And there's different forms of trafficking. Like we talked about Mm -hmm. at Panera, it's not just, you know, being abducted or coerced into a hotel room. There's different forms of it. Yep. There's different forms of it. You know, you have, and a lot of, um, people feel like they, uh, like, and I'll say this now. I mean, yes, primarily women that are in that are trafficked, but there is a huge, especially here in North Carolina, there's a huge um, labor trafficking for men um, being forced into labor um, or forced labor. And uh, unfortunately, um, it is, um, you know, in farming areas or rural areas mm-hmm. um, or factories, um, but they are. It, it is something um you have um your prostitution you have your um you know your child unfortunately you know your child mm-hmm. trafficking um and uh and one that i've even kind of heard of um that's becoming more common especially with like a snapchat or these different social medias where they kind of pretend to be the opposite yeah. sex and exchange photos mm-hmm. and then they you know well we're going to put these out Revenge if you porn. don't um you know send us money and that yep. just never stops and yep. i mean i even read an article within the last month a kid committed suicide because he was like this is the end of my life like mm-hmm. i thought this was a girl my age and ended up being you know a yep. trafficker and who was going to post and um, his photos and he didn't have money to pay. And just, so there's many, many different forms. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, abduction and in a hotel room. Exactly. And they, and they're doing it again, like how you said to young boys too. um, And through the innocence of uh, Snapchat or 
Instagram, um, mm-hmm. Facebook. I've seen it. It's happened several times here in Charlotte, actually. Um, and, um, you know, it pains me every single time that somebody sends me another story like that um, because I know exactly what that kid is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they again, think their it's, life it's is a over. kid. Um, so uh, there are um, exactly they think their life is over. And so with that being said, I mean, my mental health struggle goes on and for for years and years. And again, mental health healing is never going to fully be healed. You're never going to, it's going to be a constant, you know, you're constantly trying to but You're able get to better. Have, be equipped with tools to help you cope when you have a panic attack, anxiety attack, or, you know, the devil. Be able to manage it. Correct. Because yeah. um, when you don't know how to manage it, that's when you're going to use drugs or heavy drinking mm-hmm. or being promiscuous, whatever it may be. Everyone copes differently. Mm-hmm. But when you have those tools you're able to deal with it in a healthy way. Exactly. And so, um, I mean, I know myself, um, when I was in Dallas, Texas, I had three suicide attempts. Um, they were, uh, all three different types. Um, the enemy, um, even tried to just a few years ago, I was, uh, had been switched to a different, um, uh, medication and, uh, I was having nightmares and dreams and I was sleepwalking to try to jump off the balcony. And I was like, I had no suicidal thoughts, like in a conscious state, but in a subconscious state, I was trying to jump off my balcony at night. Um, I now live in a place that has no balcony. Oh, so you were legit sleepwalking. I was legit sleepwalking. And um, so this is just a, you know, a way that like, I know that God was able to still help me in my sin because I was staying over at an ex-boyfriend's house, which, you know, to this day, I, I, right now I wouldn't do, but I was staying over at an ex-boyfriend's house. And if I hadn't been staying in an ex-boyfriend's house, I would have jumped off that balcony. In your subconscious. Exactly. So even God was able to help me in my sin, the same way that the, he helped, you know, the woman at the well, like he used the woman at the well in her sin while she was still sinning was saying, I'm here for you. Like you mm-hmm. go, go and share, like, you know, go and tell my story. Um, and he was the very first one that he, she, he, or she was the very first one he revealed her, himself to as the Messiah. So God can still use you um, in your sin. Yeah. And he doesn't start when you're perfect. He doesn't wait until you've got it all together. He God calls can the least you. like unlikely. Yeah. Like Moses, who I've said many times, stutter, problem, you mm-hmm. know, murderer. And look what he did. Yeah. I mean, and he still had little faith in the moment, you know, while he was, I mean, I, I, my sister's a kindergarten teacher. And I think to myself sometimes, I'm like, how can she manage like that whole class of five-year-olds? And imagine Moses in the desert with an entire nation. That's a a lot of work. Uh, Like grumbling and all that stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness (laughs) gracious, Moses. You're like, oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, but so um, I did, you know, I'm like, uh, the last time I personally tried to commit suicide um, consciously, um, I was in Dallas, Texas, and I uh, had taken a very lethal combination of poison and recreational drugs. Um, and um, the last thing I remember was an ASPCA commercial and Sarah McLaughlin in the background 
Um, it's not funny, but Sarah McLachlan. I, I, again, I remember. I don't want to go out here in that song. But, the, but, but honestly, I think it was meant to be because okay. it was in the arms of an angel. Oh, that is and true. And I was sitting here trying to commit suicide. And um, I was just like, I just don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up. And I remember begging God. I'm like, God, I know that this is wrong, but please take me to heaven. Just take me now. And um, I, by the grace of God, woke up three days later. Okay. Um, three days later, covered um, with a covered in my own vomit and um, no, uh, just, just woke up. And the last thing I remember was waking up from a dream of God saying, I'm not done with you. And he's not. He's not. And so, but I remember thinking that, and I was like, oh, man, now I've got to clean this up. <laughs> 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 I know it sounds silly to say, but I, that's the, the first thing I thought of in the moment. I'm like, I have to go back to this life and I've got to clean up this mess. Like, Since okay. I know you, I can definitely see you saying that. I know. And just, <gasps> well, here we go. <laughs> gotta clean this up. And so, um, just, uh, and so I, I, I took it as hard. I was like, okay, you're not done with me. Please make this stop, you know? Yeah. And um, he didn't. Um, but it made me stronger. And I know that sounds so cliche to say, but if I didn't have God's strength, I wouldn't have been able to do it at all. Um, so um, having him with me made me stronger. It mm-hmm. didn't make me stronger individually, but because he gave me the strength. He gave me the strength because he was walking alongside of me. Correct. Um, it's like, um, so like putting your car in four wheel drive, you know? And so I was like, okay. I can get through this because I'm in four wheel drive. I got more than just two wheels. I've got mm-hmm. God awesome. pushing me behind yeah. me. Um, and I say this all the time when every, everything had to be completely stripped from my life, my friends, my family, um, my job, um, my reputation, uh, my integrity, my, like the words from my mouth, because the traffickers, people weren't even believing us, um, because the traffickers had written our own narrative for us. Um, and again, if they were willing, if they were able to groom us, they were able to groom allies to believe them as well. So for several years, um, over a decade, they were grooming the whole world into thinking that we were also, you know, so I had lost absolutely everything, including my voice and my reputation. And, um, it took losing absolutely everything, surrendering every single broken piece to God and say, this has no worth here on earth, but I know it has worth with you. I handed him all these broken pieces and I was able to, with all of the brokenness that I was handing him, I was able to see that he was walking alongside me, like the footprints in the sand. Like I had to literally reference that a few times on the the show. It's uh, he's carrying you. Everything had to go for me to notice the footprints in the sand. Um, And, I had to surrender every single broken piece to him and it was worthless when I handed it all to him and he was able to make it into what he wanted mm-hmm. it to be. He was able to mold me into who he wanted me to be, um, able to use me and I just have to fully surrender. And, and it is something that I have to do every single day. Yeah. Um, and it's not a one-time thing and I'm like, okay, God saved me and I can go back to living my life. It's like, no. And, and I fall short, uh, several times, but, um, I, anytime I feel like giving up, 
Um, like even this morning when I texted you and saying, or even on my way over here, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but my pastor said something this past weekend and he said, um, that sometimes he gets on the pulpit and he has no strength to preach, doesn't know even what he's going to preach about, wants to give up, but he goes up on that pulpit and God gives him the words and the strength to be able to do it. And it's not through his strength, but through God's strength Amen. and that he can get it done. And uh, so that's what I told you on the way over here. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but God knows what I'm going to say. And we're just going to put it in his hands. And I told you, I was like, we don't prepare, you know, uh-huh. every episode is unplanned. I mean, we've had conversations, so I know person's story, but yeah. whatever God wants to use, I believe and use. know that he will, you know, speak it through that person. Um, real quick. So how did your, um, traffickers, um, how did that come to an end? Cause they, some of them have been sentenced. We're waiting for a lot of, you know, the sentencing and some more trials. You said, mm-hmm. How did it all come to a close to where the FBI and started to, you know, because you said they didn't even allies didn't believe you because they were so well at grooming. So just talk about that just for a little bit before we close. So after several hundred girls are starting to complain, um, I mean, no attorneys would ever pick us up because we signed a contract and and we didn't have copies of the contract. Um, so no attorneys um, would ever even touch us with a 10-foot pole. And I'm grateful for our attorneys now um, who who did. Um, and uh, they did have hair when they started, um, you know, this case um, <laughs> with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Brian, if you're listening, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but... I'm balding too, so don't worry. <laughs> but um, so... Um, anyway, they, um, you know, we've put them through a lot of stress. Um they, uh, they, I mean, the traffickers put them through enough stress as well. Um, and they probably have families, they I mean, have obviously. Families. So they're, yep, and they do. Um, and so, um, and their families were in just as much danger as we were, um, I mean, yeah. being, um, harassed as well. And they were all, um, and so we continued, um, you know, they, we were in a civil lawsuit, um, suing the actual company. company yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, they were, uh, they, as in girls do porn, um, were just shooting themselves in the foot, um, to be honest. And right before, uh, the civil lawsuit came to an end, um, I, I believe that the FBI contacted our attorneys and said, we have enough on them now to, um, do an indictment to, or... to arrest them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so right before they did that, um, one did flee the country. Um, and, uh, they were able to raid their offices and found um, countless, 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 countless just files of information that they had had on us girls and um, uh, their tactics on how to harass us and um, more schemes that they had um, up until the day that they were arrested. They were still trafficking women and had plans to even mm. through the civil trial, they were still trafficking girls they were being sued and still trafficking wow um, because they it just um, shows you the evilness behind it yeah, all that they were so blinded by the enemy in that situation um uh within that um though uh there is you know grace and healing um not to say that they uh should not be held accountable for their wrongdoings um but um my there is a personal you know and christian forgiveness, um, that 
you can allow to release that enemy stronghold in your life. Um, uh, and so uh, it took uh, me seeing uh, one of our traffickers in a courtroom setting um, and seeing his family all sitting there in a courtroom and none of my family sitting with me. Mm. And it took me to realize that he has a family too and his family supports him even through his wrong. And my family's not even here supporting me through even be, by being a victim. And it took me to realize that he is just as human as I am and that he is just as deserving as forgiveness as anybody on this planet. Yep. Um, and so uh, releasing that hatred just leveled me up in my Holy Spirit, uh, God's going to use you kind of power. Mm-hmm. Um Mind you, I have not seen the other two in court yet, so I cannot say the same thing for them yet. Um, but um, one, of the, one of the one out of three, uh, or yeah, exactly. There's there's several more than three, but yeah. um, my interactions were only with three, and so um, with that, um, in December, uh, so uh, one of Michael Pratt, he was on the run for several years. Um, uh, he escaped the country. Um, and uh, was just a fugitive, um, was on the top uh, FBI's top 10 most wanted, um, you know, alongside your average terrorists and stuff yeah. um, and uh, cartel and things, you know, you know normal stuff, right? Um, <laughs> yep. And so, uh, you know, you start, it puts it in perspective. It's like, wow, this is, this is really bad because in my mind, I started to normalize, okay, yeah, I was, sex trafficking survivor, yeah, I'm a sex trafficking survivor, yeah, I'm a sex trafficking survivor. And then sometimes I would forget how serious it it is, like, or how, like, how serious it was, like, he was on the top 10s most wanted. And that you're sitting here sharing this and you're not dead or in another Armed country. Or, or yeah. even just in a, in a depressive mental state, Correct. Yeah. you know, that I'm able to be strong enough through God, like, to do it. Um, and every single time that I don't have the strength Every single time that I feel like quitting, I have to, I have a beautiful, I have two beautiful uh, nieces um, who um, are my absolute world. And I think to myself, it was like, I, when they grow up, I want them to live in a safe place. And if I can't fight my whole life for them to be able to live in a safe place, then what am I doing? Um, I bought my, uh, my niece at the time, uh, she's four years old now. Um, but a few months ago I bought her this, um, Cinderella dress, uh, little costume. She's, you know, at the dress up stage <laughs> and obviously we're both princesses at heart. So, I was about to say, Elsa. Um, <laughs> so I got her this little, uh, C- uh, Cinderella dress and she watched Cinderella and she was just spinning and spinning, watching this, like. Cinderella do the waltz like mm-hmm. on the floor uh, on this dance ball floor and I just think to myself I'm like I hope that these spins that she has are this innocent for the rest of her life that I hope that she never and pray that she never has to actually deal with the spins of life that I've had to deal with mm-hmm. where my life is spinning and falling apart yeah. that this is the only spin that this blissful peaceful spin and this dance with God is the only one that she ever has to spin around in. Um, and if I don't like fight for 
her and every single little girl that like all my friends on Facebook have or all the little girls that I don't even know, um, you know, or, you know, haven't even been born yet. You know, if I don't sit here and I try to fight for them, then why, then why? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I could let the enemy hold my tongue so I could run and hide like um, Adam and Eve did in the garden, like so that I could um, just continue to live in shame and continue to live in silence. Um, you know, we are saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, that is what brings us to like to salvation. Mm-hmm. That is what takes us, you know, to, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus is by speaking our testimonies, um, the blood of the lamb, like Jesus died for our sins and I can't sit here and give him grace and give him, um, the, the gratitude and give him the glory, um, because of my shame. I'm giving the enemy more stronghold than I am for God. It was like, oh, no, this is getting out there. Correct. And so um, because, um, again, I am, uh, my traffickers put me in this state of fear and state of panic. And the enemies put me in this state of fear and state of panic. And God gives me a measurable love and a measurable peace and joy and just every single fruit of the spirit that like kindness, gentleness, you know, all these just wonderful and joyful things. Um, that you never imagined laying in that hotel room. Yeah. Or face down covered in my own vomit, trying yep. to kill myself. Yep. Um, or even a, a hospital bed, you know, trying to slip my wrists open. Um, you know, there are different types of, um, you know, so many times that I just laid on the floor crying, like, like, why me, God? And I never, never once, and I'm very grateful for this. I never once cursed God and like turned my back from him. In fact, I think all of this made me run towards him more, like to be like the same way that Job did, you know, like, I didn't take my clothes off like you and Job <laughs> did, but um, like, you know, <laughs> one of many instances, <laughs> Hey, you know, it's biblical apparently. There we so, go. Thank so. you for pulling that in. <laughs> Bring that in full circle for me. There you go. Thank you. Um, there you go. Just remind yourself every single time you feel shame on that one. Just like Job did it too. Um, he's got a whole book written about him. Um, but so, um, you know, just those moments of um, just peace and serenity. Um, that's what I keep living for. Um, that's what I keep fighting for. Um, and I, I truly believe that um, uh, every single time that I speak my testimony and that I share what God has done to through me and for me, that it is freeing, mm-hmm. not only physically freeing other, uh, other people from their shame and their shackles, but also, um, giving them hope for that. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Amen. Um, he is not done with you. He was not done with me. Um, if he was, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. Exactly. And you, you wouldn't even have to worry about it. Um, and so, you know, it says, you know, do not worry for tomorrow for tomorrow has their own, you know, worries. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, live life for today. Um, my church, we do a, a word of the year and God gave me the word of the year this year is, um, is, is live. And, uh, still to this day, you know, it's only March, but I am going to, uh, just constantly just be living, um, not worrying about, we're not 
done living until we take our last breath and we're called home exactly. and wherever home will be. You, know, you never two, know when. Yeah, you never know when and you got to be ready though. You got to be ready. You got to like continuously surrender every day and um, just constantly be living for Christ. Um, you know, again, we are not sinless, um, but God sent his son to pay for our sins. Amen. And so we have a place with Jesus. We have yep. a place. Um, you can accept and surrender uh, to, you know, and accept God into your life and accept God into and Jesus into, you know, your future and, um, you know, your eternity um, mm-hmm. in heaven. And so uh, with that, you know, it's just that immeasurable peace, um, that calmness, that stillness, that love, um, that love is is so gracious. Um, so regardless of where you came from, your past, um, God is God is still working on you. Mm-hmm. And if you let fear be your future, then you are missing out on everything that God can do through you um, and in you. Um, so surrender. Amen. Um, surrender and just you don't have the words to say, just say exactly that. God, I do not have the words to say, but you know, it's in my heart. Um, surrendering it all to him and just understanding that he's in control. Yep. Um, um, so the last question before we leave and I ask every guest this, and you've given a lot of advice, but what advice, when I say, what advice do you have for our listeners that's helped you through your story? Um, someone has told you, your pastor has told you, whatever advice you think our listeners, you know, that has helped you just, you know, cause I ask every guest. And so I get advice from every single person and I ask them on the spot. I don't tell them oh, before. Goodness. So what advice do you have when I ask that, that has helped you and something that you hold kind of close? So there is so much, um, that, uh, has like just held me on for so long. Um, but the best advice for me, that I could give is that um, always show the same grace and love to everybody else in this world that Jesus showed for you. That um, the same golden rule of treating others the way that you'd want to be treated, but the way that Jesus did love others, you know, as Jesus has loved you. Mm. Um, That in itself has um, that empathy that um, that is just, kept me firm on my foundation, um, helped me through understand that we're all sinners. And, um, and then again, as second advice would just be like to go to Jesus, um, go to Jesus with your problems, um, go to Jesus when it's hard, go to Jesus when it's easy, go to Jesus to thank him, go to Jesus, um, when you don't have anything else to do, uh, go to Jesus in that, like a five to 10 seconds when your phone dies and it's like, you're waiting for it to charge back up so you can keep scrolling, go to Jesus. Um, uh, that's the best, um, advice that I could go to, um, and give, um, every single second that you allow Jesus into your life. Um, just imagine the smile on his face. Amen. Some good um, advice. And, um, thank you for coming on and just your vulnerability because it's not easy to, kind of talk about what you went through um, and just reliving that, but it's going to help many people as you've, you know, shared, uh, just sharing your story, speaking on it will help somebody and it's freeing for you. 
um, yeah. that the uh, enemy doesn't have that stronghold. Exactly. Um, so thank you, Christina, just for taking time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm glad we were able to finally sit down. I know. Um, we made it. Yeah, we made it. Ep- <laughs> episode 62 is a good one. Um, so thank you again. Proud of you and thank just you. glad to know you and um, just all that you've overcome. It's um, just proud of you. So thank you. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm glad yeah. our stories and our past kept on interchanging yep we both made it out of memphis so made it out of memphis (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well thank you all for tuning in this week to the rabbit hole show um go subscribe follow on whatever platform you listen to um apple podcast spotify and we have a few episodes on youtube um follow on instagram um but if you want to come on the show share your story um, or if you just want to connect um reach out um social media my phone number um and we have an email address the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com uh but again thank you all this week for tuning in christina thank you um we'll see y'all next week love y'all bye adios